0: What's up, you guys? Jalen Gasper here, E squared, and always, as always, as always, I'm with my mediator, Andre Flaxen Waxen, yeah. eating Baskin yeah. Robbins because he's overweight
1: and he's a Muslim. Better be better. Uh, <laughs> Except overweight, community. it's pretty old, in facts. But uh, hey, guys! It's Andre Jackson, and we have another episode here for you. I'm not even about to let my man Jaden talk. You know, actually, <laughs> this is my
2: podcast. <laughs> I just want to go
1: ahead and establish that there, everybody. But actually, we got our man Fabian Brown.
2: You know, you know Fabian but, Kratos, the man, the living. And, and, and normally, we don't let
1: Fabian
0: talk when he yeah, get on that episode in for that reason. Start rambling in. Yeah, talking about, you know, weird stuff, but uh, <laughs> today today we have an interesting episode for you guys today, but before we uh, get into the episode, of course, I like, you know, just saying what happened since the last time we were gone, and so last week we had the Tina Bradley episode, so we really can talk to you guys about everything, but we gotta talk about... Trump's, before we even get started with today's episode, we got to talk about Trump opting out of the Iran deal and how stupid that was. That was the most stupid decision a president has ever made to this day.
1: And I, I feel like, just to cut you off real quick, I just want to say that it's, uh, it's a bad thing and it's obviously bad because it's, it's trickling down to other things. We've just recently seen that uh, North Korea is now talking about not denuclearizing. Uh, denuclearizing. And mm-hmm. I feel like that uh, is a testament to Trump backing out the Iran deal, sets the negative tone that America does not live up to its promises. It does not live up to its statements. It does not live up to its deals. Trump maybe thinks that he's doing something cool, trying to network or flip a deal or be a businessman, but it's having a negative impact on America's name. And uh, the North Korea situation is just a, uh, an example of that.
0: You yeah, can't and, and, treat
1: America like a business.
0: And you can't treat America like it's uh, the healthcare bill. Because like, basically what they want to do, they want to do a, re, a type of a repeal and replace type form to where we're opting out the Iran deal just so we can make a better deal. No, we already had a good deal in place. Exactly. You just wanted to get rid of the deal because you wanted to put sanctions on Iran. And for that, I don't know why when you know they're the only mm. ones that still cooperating, uh, cooperating with us in uh, the Syrian... Uh,
1: Ideal that we got going on in the Middle East. And you also have to talk about the fact that Donald Trump loves to just do away with things Barack Obama did. That's one of his favorite things. Anything that's attached to Obama's legacy, he wants to do away with in Iran. The Iran deal was something that was pretty big from uh, Obama's presidency. He's saying uh, how he's bumbling DACA. He's doing a numerous number of things. And the Iran deal is just another example of Trump trying to be businessman instead of Mr. President.
0: And. Uh, Again, like you cannot apply this business savvy to because, like you said, well, you can't foreign diplomacy and business diplomacy are two different things in, in business diplomacy, you have money involved, so you play with negotiations, you, you know you, you, you do strong arm tactics, you can do that with businesses, but when you 're di- talking about foreign diplomacy, when you 're affecting billions of people' live, you know you 're affecting not only the country but nations now. Because we're a superpower. You're you're, you're affecting billions of people's lives. So you can't do this strong arm tactic that you think work for your businesses even though it didn't because uh Trump uh, filed Has for bankruptcy take times times times
2: this again <laughs> <laughs> so thing.
1: you can't treat your uh you can't treat America like it's your business and you know you can bankrupt America and just make another America or something like this is millions upon billions of people's lives and importance and uh America's long-standing name of being uh at the forefront of the free world you know what I'm saying he's just pissing it away my head. Garbage.
0: Man. And I just feel like, ooh, that makes me just want to focus on the people that voted for him, the demographic that voted for him. But we're going to do that today. Because today we're going to be talking about racist print calls. And basically, if you guys don't know what that is, it's what's been going on recently. Uh, Andre, can you, or uh, Fabian, can you elaborate on a little bit what a racist print call is?
2: I would say uh, a racist uh, print call would be something. That, that is filled with some kind of malicious intent to try and, I guess, I, I don't even know what the intent behind it would be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just uh, like the angry. video. Yeah, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, they, however they feel about it, you know, uh, like the video we was watching earlier, this this man, this woman recording this man, recording her talking about he had a gun. He didn't have, he a, didn't gun. have a gun. And she's walking with the man, you know. And it's
1: obvious that she, uh, like you said, she has the malicious intent to get this man harmed or get him in trouble or to negatively impact this man's life. And uh, I feel like racist prank calls has something to do with uh, white people's insecurity their frustration, their uh, underlying prejudice and racism that may not be on the sleeve of their shoulder, you know, not as noticeable as somebody having a Confederate flag at the back of their car. It's more covert and hidden and they express that Mm -hmm. by contacting the police on black people for pretty much you know innocuous things things Mm barbecuing exactly Mm -hmm. just just walking just you being in the space eating the raisin for white people you know they see a black person and they have this uh, idea that they can call the police on this person and that is okay you
0: heard the saying you never eat a raisin in fresco because you know the cops will stop you if you're black
1: don't have your uh, <laughs> pants below, you know the approved amount, in order police. Uh, white people will believe that you're a thug and call the police on you. It. It's, it's a million things you can do while being black that get you shot.
0: And, and basically, that's what racist prank calls. It. We 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 gave this term uh, life by saying that all of the situations that have been happening recently with white people just calling the cops on black people for stupid reasons, you know, retarded reasons, you know, we, we feel like they're racist prank calls, they're just like uh, Fabian said, just something used to, uh, in malicious attempt to just call the cops on the minority because they know they'll have the advantage in the situation, that's the only reason why you call the cops, you know, I don't call the cops for a lot of things because you know, <laughs> yeah,
2: who knows they may just even just do it for pleasure, man you know what I'm saying, like Hey, I mean I feel it's kind of becoming a thing like uh how many when did this first start how many weeks ago well, um, I'm, I'm, the concept this, of time. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, when, <laughs> well, no,
0: when since the cell phone was invented, like the first razor, the no, nah, like it was with the first razor phone, like the the pink and silver ones. that the used to, dude
1: be on. Love used to you know flip it out and just. Like, yeah, get you the know. On standby.
0: Yeah, back yeah. when uh white dudes were wearing capri pants, you know, yeah, well that was a popular trend. Uh, you know, in <laughs> sync, you know, yeah, that that's really when it started. But <laughs> continue.
1: But more recently, is it started about let's say like three weeks ago. This is when we started to have this consistent string of stories popping up back to back of white people calling the cops on black people. I think uh, the first one I saw was the, uh, the Yale student, uh, uh, a black woman who's, uh, I think she's doing her post-grad at Yale. And uh, she had simply fallen asleep in the commons area of her dorms. And a white woman who's seen her, seen her sleeping Uh, who was also a post-grad student, they were both, you know, at the same school, they had to bump into each other at least a couple times, you know what I'm saying, in the process of that semester. But she saw her asleep and decided to call the police. So
2: was this a teacher or another student? This was was a
0: student, student. a graduate student, you know what I'm saying, somebody who's going going to school with um, not the mindset of a freshman, but the mindset of someone who's already graduated with their... Um, bachelor's degree so this was a grown woman you know and so she basically had to prove to these cops like the full nine she had to go to her room she had to unlock the door and then when she unlocked the door she had to show them that it was her room
2: this is the price that you get for trying to get ahead in life when you're black you know what I'm saying like we we gotta deal. I mean I, I don't mean to sound selfish you know every race has their problems but you know what I'm saying There are some things that are truly just unnecessary. Like this woman is studying for something that she needs in order to just be successful. Exactly, her uh, Her education. She's doing it the proper way, and she's getting picked with unnecessarily. She could have, she could have just helped her get to her dorm. Do you have an ID or something like? And she could have.
1: That's another thing that uh, needs to be addressed. Is that. Uh, white people really aren't willing to have the interactions with black people like other races are willing to have with each other.
0: And before we talk about that, let's talk about one of the first main topics, uh, what, one of the first main cases that we're going to be going over today, which is the most infamous one, uh, uh, the most relevant one right now, uh, the which was the white woman who called
1: the cops on the black man for having a barbecue at a public park. That was her fault because she's been turning to me now. Um, black twitter then uh, immortalized her as forever being a joke but i want you to go on to what you were saying earlier
0: about um uh what you were saying something like you feel that white people don't uh even want to sacrifice an interaction with a black person what do you mean by
1: that i feel like uh i feel it could be uh for a numerous number of uh service level reasons, but there's just, just this underlying fear or uh distaste for white people interacting with black people, they kinda would prefer to interact with uh themselves. And nine times out of ten themselves are uh, they are gonna be in the police force. So when they call the cops, they rather have that interaction with the police and have the police interact with black people than handling that between uh each other. Like some kind of animal
2: control or something. Exactly.
1: And I, I hate that because let's say uh, I'm living, we all stay on the same street. And uh, you see me outside doing something that could technically, technically have been illegal. Well, nine times out of ten, what are you going to do? You're yeah. probably not going to even care. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I'm going to actually care so much that I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, okay, he's doing something illegal. Let me stay away from that well, po- guy.
1: Just potentially. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to even care. Or let's take it to the next step. You're going to at least attempt to signal them or speak to them. You're going to try to assess it to your knowledge. Uh, hopefully, in this scenario, obviously we're not talking about something incredibly dangerous like you've potentially seen a dead body or something. But you're just yeah. seeing them out there possibly like with this uh, barbecue woman just barbecuing in a space that's not it's not allowed you're not going to go speak to them first no you're just going to call the cops and I feel that deep down inside white people want to uh, just get black people in trouble because that's what they're accustomed to they're accustomed to seeing uh, some form of rep- retribution for their frustration on black people and the police is the prime example of new age discrimination whereas yes. you can't put us in chains anymore but you can't put us in jail
2: you can't put us in cups. And not to kinda of stray, but I mean, I don't know if some people may feel the same way as I do. You know what I'm saying? I have nothing against cops except for them taking the lives of our people. You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, seriously though. Yeah, but I mean yeah, like yeah, we, we can't e- we can't even um try to, you know, unionize and it's crazy like how how that article I was reading earlier, like we have to make hashtags and try to make movements for these people to see, but we can't even do that without somebody saying something like, "Oh, well, blue lives matter too," but yeah, they're not yeah, getting shot, shot down like exactly. exactly, that's what
1: all lives matter is. It's nothing. It's all of that stuff is deflection because deflection stuff. it it, uh, it continues and prolongs the discuss the discussion, and that prolongs the solution. So they can continue to deny. They continue can not continue to deflect. They can continue to prevent themselves from having to face the ugly truth that racism, hatred, and prejudice is truly ingrained in a lot of Americans, white and black, whether it's you being the oppressor or in our cases, we are the oppressed. And that tends to come out negative aspects is aspects on both sides where a lot of black people are probably uh, loud or, you know, what, It's unfortunate, and it's not across the board, but we do tend to do things that may uh, be on the illegal side or something like that. But it's because of induced poverty. It's because of it's the situations
2: that we are forced to. But but my
1: thing
0: is, we're such a small population to where even if you would take those crimes, and even if you take what what, uh, like let's say um, drug dealers or uh, drug users. The population that could equate with white people, just like, and that's with everything, even with our abrasiveness, our tone, our brassness. White people will literally set fire to a city over a football game. Yeah, exactly.
1: They'll, they'll fight. So like, don't say, don't don't, yeah, don't say that
0: black people that. don't have the same aggressiveness. That white, oh, don't say that white mm-hmm. people don't have the same aggressiveness as black people look because at, I think they have even more.
1: Look
2: at history, dude. Yeah, look at history. Look, it, it
1: manifests differently. Slightly, And it's received differently because of how it's viewed. Whereas, like like I said, you could have, it, like I was saying, and to piggyback off of what you were saying, let's say we take two women, one black, one white, mm-hmm. literally having the exact same characteristics, but I bet they're both described and received, their actions received completely differently. Whereas, You know, you may call a white woman being loud and abrasive, spunky, or she has, you know, a bit of a spark. You know, she's a Lucy, but if you have a black woman doing the exact same thing, she get up. She's loud. You know what I'm saying? Get her out of here. You know, people will be more likely to call the cops on that woman because of this exact same types of characteristics. The exact same types of things are being received differently from people. You know what I'm saying? And that's a problem when you uh, are a a black person in a white person's environment you may be doing the exact same things but it's being received differently when you're black and it, and, and, and this is how I know that it's strictly on your pigment
0: and it's because a lot of people uh, well not a lot of people but some people can go into your argument and say well I wouldn't really say it's pigment it could be slang or the, the bird usage or how I talk no, whoa Vicky and uh, that bad uh, Bart Catch Me Outside Girl mm-hmm. they're literally about to get in a fight at a mall and, and, and we all know how they talk. They talk appropriating our culture. So they're saying the same things that we say. But what happened when they were trying to get into a fight? People were laughing at that. and While it was happening, people were laughing at But they, let that be two black
1: girls. They be in jail right now, bro. The The police department, for whatever county they was in, whatever city, would have been trying to press as many charges as possible on two black girls who had did that
0: yes man, all type of charges bro and, 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 and it's, it's just crazy uh, we were elaborating on this before the episode uh, how when we we have these instances to where like people do record you know. Uh, white people being racist are, um, white people are uh, uh, casting prejudice upon black people just because they're black. They try to shift the narrative. They try to say, okay, what was happening before it was recording? Or right? what was, uh, you had it at a different angle. You couldn't see her face and, like, you couldn't really
1: see if it's she was sad. For the it, whole investigation.
0: Yeah, like, like, bro, like, but it's apparent when. They have the fa- they have the film, we have film of these people doing it like the most disgusting thing was when they seeing that real estate agent you know being harassed by that white lady who actually called the cops on him. And while he had all the proof of him being a real he estate had agent, proper documentation. yes, she thought that he was gonna rob the house, but he had his proper documentation, like you said, and he also put up his sign. He said in the video, "I put up signs everywhere I go because I know it looks suspicious." And he like,
1: are twice.
2: you like, are you aware of like all these past shootings on just unnecessary stuff, and now you're trying to cause something? And this man has his information. It's like yeah. you're 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 consciously trying to start something you're, you're aware of your actions you know
1: that. what you're doing and that's true i feel like to uh just it, it all comes full circle and let's say we're talking about donald trump's presidency and uh the demographic that voted for they're in power they are empowered. they feel like they have their country again and they can start doing things that they wish that had been happening under barack obama and let's say that like, like you said uh under Barack Obama's presidency, under our young adult life, we saw a lot of young black men like ourselves, uh, men either slightly younger or slightly older than us, being gunned down by police. Now we're starting to see this, you know, wave of white people now consistently trying to call the cops on black people because they know what happens when black people interact with the cops. Best case scenario, you just getting arrested. Worst case scenario, you dead. You know what I'm saying? And it, it... comes back around to you know what your motives are. You know exactly what you're doing. You're calling the cops on black people with malicious intent. It's not to, you know, de-escalate the situation. That's why cops, in my opinion, were apparently supposed to be peacekeepers. You know, members of the peace, who you know, uh, members of the community who just police and keep the order. Now they're they're weapons. They're tools used to attack uh, impoverished people. And 95% of impoverished people is black.
2: It's crazy, though, because I, well, cousin- mm-hmm. not- yeah, yeah. I actually have a cousin. minorities,
1: excuse me. It's I
2: actually have a cousin. I don't know if y'all know my cousin, James, but his older brother, his oldest brother's name, James, actually. uh, uh Rest in peace. Uh, he was in San Antonio. He had just got back from deployment or wherever he was. Uh, and they brought him in for a DUI and all this. And from a DUI, I think within 24 to 48 hours there's video of all of this. This man's getting choked out and then you see after that like 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 you know what I'm saying? He his he's leaving. You know what I'm saying? His and last like, moment. Yeah. It's,
0: and that that kind of gets sick. me, you know, reminds me about the 600 blind situation. You know, to where like Cops are really used as weapons to target minorities. And, and you know, of course, we, we talk about that. But you directly saying it has me thinking like, wow, like, you know, the fact that that's how I know that police brutality is a problem.
2: And I don't even think he was like he he said he t- something like paid it or something like something like he wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be there. And you can Google it, bro. Sergeant James Brown.
0: So Sergeant James Bond, we're gonna really talk about that about uh, in some future episodes. But that's that's what to go back to this real estate agent. You know, it kind of shows to where like what if that was that woman's cognition? What if that was her? You know, that was her goal. You know, what if she really just called the cops on that real estate agent so he can have an altercation with the cops, or even worse, so he can have an altercation with the cops and get killed.
2: Just to even try to attempt something like that is evil it's trying to like trying to take somebody's life but you're not trying to do it directly you're a coward i mean yeah that is that is a point that and that is true
1: I just want to say you before we get too radical that 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 is possible that is a, a most likely it's, it's oh, oh but it's all theoretical yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's the, it's theoretical but what's not theoretical and what do I I, I I i i do feel like that can be proved with um just the psyche of you know a privileged person is that she did call the cops because the fact that he was minority
1: yeah, exactly that because that that, that is boy.
0: undisputable they, that, that 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 is on the table but the situation kind of uh has me think about an, another recent situation when Bob Marley's granddaughter got harassed and accused of robbing an Airbnb that she was leaving out of with luggage, with, you know, regular clothes on in broad daylight. And, and, and it has me thinking about two things. One... Why, how can just white people shift the narrative that quick? Like, you assume, like, your assumption rate, are you either racist or your assumption rate are high. So, like, if your son come home with red eyes, I know you think he smoke weed. Or if, you know, if your, your daughter come home with a bad grade, you probably think she out fucking some black dude. I, just, like I mean, it, drugs, it's yeah. e- that's what I'm saying. It's either your assumption rate is so high are you just so racist like and my yeah. second thing to to what I really don't get about these situations is that sometimes like i, I don't know y- 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 y'all can you know elaborate more on me sometimes i just feel that the the i'm i'm not, not going to say it. okay let me am just say it cuz we've been saying it the whole episode i feel like the white man has has uh, um personal space that's broader than everybody else's, I feel like since they 're so so entitled into so much stuff their their personal space is so broad and like think about it. I feel like the minority's personal space is a fourteen feet this way. so where like if nothing is happening in fourteen feet of me i 'm not minding it i 'm going about my day but with with white people, I feel like even in these instances like did this woman really have to go out her way to go to that park, like how far is her personal space she was she was she wasn 't even near the park, so how far is her personal space Did blood this white woman have to go out her way to call the cops on a real estate agent? He was in a whole other house same blood thing blood. with these kids at that the apparently Airbnb. have
1: been abandoned and in a bit of a uh just uh, shape yeah for some time like it 's not as if uh, I guess it's arguable that it's a bit more understandable with the uh Bob Marley's granddaughter situation. It I do not condone that. I do not you know endorse that. It's a bit more understandable when it's uh let's say it's your neighbor and you instantly see somebody else moving out. But it's also like you said, it's the entitlement where you feel entitled. Black people nine times out of ten, even though we may have thought that was a bit out of the ordinary, we wouldn't have called the cops. We wouldn't have gotten involved. And if we would have gotten involved, we would have at least went spoke or went. Attempted In, to interact people, Before
2: we ended up calling the cops
1: Exactly that mm-hmm. is the last thing that we do But that's the first thing that white people do Because and we have
2: two totally different Experiences with the police And, exactly. and I was and elaborate you, on that Please I, uh, I mean I shouldn't have to. I mean, like. It's
1: true. It, it, it is absolutely true. It's, though. it's, it's visual. Like, it's, yeah. it's apparent. It's right? in our music. But then, it's we say, that, yeah. we say that, but it's also true that it's not apparent to white people because they have the different experience. With black people, we are, yeah. we exist in dual worlds. White people, like you said with the personal space thing, there's personal space is broad. They are sheltered, where they get to just exist in their world sometimes. Exactly. The closest that they get to black culture, and which is why I feel like, less, when we were talking about the rap, we had the rap episode where white fans were, you know, are affecting hip-hop so powerfully. is that they get their stuff streamlined. They get it through media. Yeah, they see it exactly. on their phone or on their TV. They do not live this, so they do not truly understand the experiences that
2: minorities do they get the feeling of seeing it but it's you not feeling that you're not feeling what the real feeling is is living that moment that's
1: why these discussions are so hard and they're so long is because it's like you're trying to convince a blind person what it's like to see yeah you're trying to convince this blind person that this
0: is great no matter what i i know you can't trust me i know you can't see it but this is green and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, this is green. And it kind of, uh, gets me to a certain, uh, point of, I feel like, when you were talking about the dual world, uh, dual worlds, yeah. I feel like the reason why we're in the dual world is because, I always tell people this, black people, you know, again, this is an unbiased podcast, before I say this, this is an unbiased podcast, un- unbiased podcast, and we love all races, we love all cultures, and we love, actually love all views, we love the conservative man, we love the liberal man, we love the left wing, we love the right wing, but remember, the sisters unbiased is going to be some uncut truth in this, and I honestly just feel the reason why we have those dual worlds is because, no matter what we do, we're gonna be exposed to white culture because it's society. Exactly. You know, we're, 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 you know, when when you even think about hoods and when you think about uh, how the map is usually set up for a city uh, or a small town city, you have uh, the hood or the impoverished area. They don't have anything. They don't have any type of market. They they normally don't have a H E B. They normally don't have a Kroger.
1: I'm not going to cut you off. I just want to say, I already know where you're going. It's 100% fact. What we, you're saying is the truth.
0: Yes, but exactly. We
1: don't, exactly. That's, that's redlining. That's literally yeah, the cool red redlining line is. is. Exactly. You, I'm willing to bet, nine times out of 10, wh- wherever you are, if you listen to this podcast, whether you're in PA or you in whatever city, check your local map. Look at the dividing line, your train tracks. I want to bet on one side, if you black, you probably live on this side. If you a little impoverished, you live on this side. There's probably nothing over there except gas stations and liquor stores. But you cross, and you look at the other side, I bet that's the nice side. That's where the McDonald's at. That's, that's, that's where the fast thing. food at. That's where Walmart and see, that's and where and 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 is. That's where your mall is And
0: the thing is, is that People, we, when we focus on red line, we like to see how it affected us, but we don't like to see the other side. Redlining affected the whites' perception so bad, so terribly, because it's like we, since since you said the red liner district, since we have to go to the white side of town to get the groceries, to get. Um, food, uh, food to our get our, our clothes, our, our education. education. Our, exactly, our education. We're gonna be exposed to that white culture. We're gonna get to understand them. We were not because we're forced to. I see, but since we have no markets where we're from, since we have no schools, no educations, no uh, no no uh, public education systems, no. Uh,
1: Fast food, restaurant. Fast food restaurants. No means There's no
0: way a white a white person can live their whole life without going
2: to the hood. Exactly, and
0: that in in that affects redlining so much. And redlining it was such an integral part of you know engraving us with this prejudice. Of, so
1: that's systemic racism. That that's methodical. Racism.
0: If 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 you if y'all if y'all ever wanna just y'all ever just wonder like what do people th- talk about when they Think about system. What what they talking about when they say systematic or methodical racism? Like that's it. Redlining. Redlining. It's one of the, the, it, it's main, one of the main
1: that affected the the duality. These two worlds were because it
0: changed uh, our perception. It gave one. It first one world into another, and it, while the other world never seen that other world. Whoa. Imperialism. That's how <laughs> that started. Sound like
1: imperialism for a moment. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, that that it's also tied to let's say the. The uh, housing act, you know, in the 60s and the 50s when uh, black people were flooding into white uh, neighborhoods and then white people would flee. You know what I'm saying? Once upon a time, the inner cities were white populated areas. Now they're black populated areas. But those suburbs, those suburbs, those, you know, rural areas, those are white dominated now because they flee from the incoming black people and then they would draw that dividing line and then end up populating that area more than the inner city.
0: And I feel like Redlining District, we, we, I, I don't know how to format that episode because that'll be an episode to where we will really have to get really deep and really uh, explain a lot because a lot of people don't uh, know what Redlining, they don't even and know when it took place. They don't know how far back it took and place. And how it
1: uh, also is impacted by things like gerrymandering. <laughs> Those things go hand in hand when you negatively impact the entire populace and then you rob one specific demographic of their voting power. But this is all connected in how white people and black people have uh, existed. In one exists in two worlds and one exists pretty much in one world where white people have their own personal space and they have their own views and their own experiences. And black people come from theirs and they get to experience white people's uh, partially what they deal with and how they experience things. That's how we can say, I know it's different when white people call the cops than when I call the cops. It, it's a fact that in uh, predominantly minority uh, neighborhoods, it is going to take twice as long for the police to arrive uh, where you stay if you call than in a white neighborhood. You're most likely to have a better experience with the cops if you're white uh, to get what you wanted out of your police uh, encounter when you're white and continue to call the police in your life if you're white versus if you're black when you call the police on black people and there's times when, oh, uh, let's say there's actually a thing that I read about that uh, landlords will kick uh, black women out of uh, apartments or uh renting homes more often than white women because there's a thing called you can uh, file a nuisance complaint where, you know, let's say, a, a black woman is uh, having domestic disputes with her boyfriend or her ex-husband or something. And if she calls the cops more than, let's say, two or three times, the landlord now has the right to file a complaint and have her kicked out. Whereas that's the experiences that black people, black women, black men have with the police negative experiences. And that's mm-hmm. why we have this problem. And that's why it's so easy and why white people feel so content and okay with calling the cops on black people. They don't think it's that serious. Maybe deep down, like we were talking about, they do have that underlying malicious intent. Cause like I said, I do feel like it's ingrained in American culture, but they're also doing it because they have good experiences with white or with the police. Exactly. It's, but
2: they they can see some of the stuff going on on the TV. I mean, unless they choosing to ignore it, and and and, and that's the thing. That's the since, you live in, man. since
0: you're so entitled, since we're talking about this personal space, it gives you a sense of entitlement. Unfortunately, so your your perception is always keen to what's comfortable to you. When you're entitled, I mean, you don't know. Since it's just common sense, if you're entitled and you're used to getting everything, well, I wouldn't say that, but if, since you're, if you're more entitled than other races, you're not gonna understand the systematic struggle yeah. somebody else had to face. They're ignorance. That sense is the literal definition of ignorance, and, and not being ashamed, uh, uh, not not being spiteful when I said, well, you know, you to yeah, you trying, no, it's just a fact. That's what I'm saying. White privilege. You having <laughs> white privilege does not make you a racist. It's just you being blind to it makes you a racist.
2: Perception is reality, girl. Like, whatever you grow up saying, that's what you used to and you think is right. Exactly. But it's just, we have to let you know that that is not right because of the way that you live in your life affecting everything around you. It's like a bad apple and a bunch of a bunch of other apples. And everybody know how that's saying, though. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You, uh, your entitlement. Is
1: can potentially lead to the death of some people because you felt like it was okay to call the police for something that was essentially irrelevant, that was unimportant, Mm. that really had no need. It could have been handled between you, and that could have been one of the building blocks or the foundation for eradicating racism. But what you're doing is you're exacerbating the situation by continuing to prolong and, and antagonize a problem that has been existing
2: since this country
1: began. This is racist, yes. and, and but um to wrap
0: uh this up i'm of course and let you guys say you know some of your last words but to wrap this up, I do want to congratulate or not really congratulate but thank the uh cops that were doing the job in the instances that we made uh the main three instances we named oh, uh, right. all the all the cops in these instances they really you know took our, our side in this you know they, right. they they weren't uh belligerent or they weren't uh combative. With uh, these people who are being harassed by uh, white individuals. They were very cooperative. And I, I really want, I love that. I love seeing that. That's too. what we need, bro. Yeah, we, we, we really need really to, need to need learn that.
2: how to live, love, and work together. Why, why is it so hard? It's the underlying
1: issue that can't be explained. In 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or an hour, bro. It's it's that deep. But yeah. that sentiment is true, bro. We say all this ultra black stuff, but I'm pretty sure since we all pretty much millennials, we will be perfectly content with living with white people with no problem. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's not it's us, it's not like we are want these things to happen. It's not like we yeah. uh, antagonizing the white people no, calling the cops We like
0: love it. white people. We love black people. We love Hispanic people. We love all races. You know, that's the thing. Being black you have to understand. You understand liberation and, and you understand the power of it. Because we have been dealt the short hen, uh, hand throughout all of history. So that's where our love comes oh from. I love, our, our love comes from our oppression, you know, and understanding our Fair oppression. Time. So you know, I would never want to see you know. I'm not, I'm not a Fidel Castro. I don't want to uh take the oppressive force and then override them and make and oppress them. No, I don't believe in that. I believe in we can come together. We can get along. We you know we we just have to. Some people just have to both sides, but really one side more than the other. We we'll have to put their pride aside and understand some. Their perception has been tainted, you know, systematically. But before, you know, I, we wrap up on this uh, evangelical, uh, let's all come together note. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to propose a question to you guys, the episode question for today. And that's basically, should there be a law focused on punishing individuals who call the cops wrongly in an attempt to racially profile a minority? i gonna repeat it again. Should there be a law focused on punishing individuals who call the cops wrongly and attempt to racially profile a minority?
2: If, if you are attempting to racially profile me with consciously, you know what I'm saying? Then, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if I would go as far as a law. I mean, unless something serious happens, I mean, maybe like a citation.
0: But but Andre just said that, you know, what if this didn't, what if the cops didn't cooperate in the manner that they did? Mm. You know, and, and, and of course, I mean, I feel like we'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah. But what if they but didn't. In that instance. Yeah, in that instance. What if, like, like you know, somebody could have got killed? Man. So I feel like there should be a law. Yeah, I, I,
2: I, I, I understand say.
1: what Faye's saying, and I also kind of agree. I get what both of y'all are saying. Because also. As a black man, I do want to see, you know, retribution or, you know, a, yeah. a bit of, you know, uh, consequences for white people doing the things that they do. But you also, if you're an American, have to understand about the powers that you're given the state, that you're given, you, don't you know, the to. government. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that can and how it can be used on you. you. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So while I do feel like there does need to be uh, a bit of, you know, consequences for White people taking it upon themselves, anybody, just anybody taking it upon themselves to use the police or anything to antagonize, attack, or, you know, uh, call the police on somebody. There should be uh, something that fits the the crime, though. You know what I'm saying? And something that has to be assessed by some form of third party or through mediation or something. I don't want, uh, People just to be able to throw them in jail because of that. Yeah, like, exactly. that will be exploited yeah, yeah. regardless. I
0: feel it. like it should be, you know, definitely like that's considered as a prank true. call. You know, like like as if somebody would prank call nine one one or somebody would because I mean to me it's the same thing, you know, because you're wasting you're wasting somebody's time because you're angry and you feel like you know exactly it, it's retarded. But I mean, I totally understand what you're saying because with every law, you got to see how it could be used against you. And how how it can hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those were some really good answers. I mean, did you guys have anything else to elaborate to that question?
2: Uh, maybe. Uh, not completely. I feel like we really just went over everything. Uh Unless the viewers have something else to say.
0: And, and that's what we are about to ask you guys about that question. What do you guys think? Should there be a law for people who call the cops wrongly just a racially profiled minority? And if so, how can we make that law more absolute to so the form of where it's not affecting us in the long
1: run? It's <laughs>
2: more proactive in our communities, man. You know, um, Yeah. I if anything,
1: beyond a law, do you feel that there is something that we can do? Outside of the law. Is there some as, form of a civil initiative? As or As
2: people in our society, what it, can we exactly. do every day creating these chain reactions with people around us, us, us sitting here, you know, to the animals that we know and the people we don't even know we come across every day. Little things matter. And
1: I, my last thing I'm going to say is actually I, I'm not with any form of uh, law like them being punished. But I do... That should be mandatory uh, Volunteer work That should be mandatory oh, yeah. Most uh, Community work Yeah, I, going somewhere And interacting it. with the people That you attempted to disrespect So if you uh, A white person caught a cop with some black people I want you at a black church I want you cleaning up Real the form something. of
0: rehabilitation For a racist that,
1: That's going to build your, uh, <laughs> That's going to build The bonds that these people Are so afraid of uh, it's, Creating
2: It's It's bringing Because you know how people say It's bad to keep talking About racism It's bringing up Racism I don't want to say the word proactive again, but in a proactive way and dealing with it instead of just discussing it and not doing nothing about it. Exactly,
1: or you punishing people and then people can argue about the punishment and then that continues the uh, argument. Just put these people around the people that they say they hate or that they don't understand or that they discriminate against. And I'm willing to bet they're going to build bonds, man. You cannot hate what you are forced to now come to terms with later. a with, lot of that stuff people. comes from pure ignorance man exactly pure ignorance ignorance is bliss
0: uh but if, any, if that'll be all for you guys be all, that, that'll be all for today's show of racist prank calls we really hope you guys enjoyed it like always i see you guys have been favoring the podcast keep doing that favorite on anchor subscribe on apple podcast and if, if you have an iphone it's simple I recommend Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone. All you got to do is go to the App Store, download Apple Podcasts, and you're good. You got it. So, and when you download Apple Podcasts, you just subscribe to my, uh, subscribe to our podcast, and then that's when you'll get daily notifications of every time we drop an episode. So, just keep sending us feedback, keep sending us questions, and if that'll be all, Faye, can you take mm-hmm. us
2: out? Uh, like subscribe you know what I mean thank you for listening to the show everybody drive home Uh, this is the YouTube (laughs) sign off you know thank you for watching the show and as always we'll see you next time